I'm so grateful. It's no coincidence that we get to worship. Behind us is our flag. Amen. That gives us freedom. There's people around the world that don't have the same freedoms that we do. And we get to come to church. We get to hear the word of God. And we get to worship. Praise God for that. God is so good. That I'm so grateful for this United States. Well, we are continuing a series. How many of you have been enjoying the DC series, Discovering Christ, so far? Has it been a blessing to you? Amen? Uh, my, my goodness, I have been so blessed. I love learning about Jesus. I love hearing about Christ and what he's done for us. When you understand those foundational truths, it really changes and imp impacts us, right? It changes everything. Amen? And we're going to continue that series. And we're obviously, we're talking about the theme of freedom. Um, obviously, because it is the 4th of July and we get to celebrate freedom in this country. But today we're going to talk about Christ the Deliverer and the freedom that he brings us. Amen? God is so good. How many of you, I mean, we all know the story about Jesus coming on the cross and setting us free. And I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. Um, so if you how many of you have your Bibles? Can you hold your Bibles up in the air? Let me see them. It might be your cell phone. I get it. Your iPad. That's how I carry my Bible a lot of days too. Well, let's oh, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. Actually, I'm going to open my Bible too. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7. I love this. It says this. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Amen. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave us of our sins. Let's look at one more verse. Pop over to John chapter 8 verse 36. It says this. John chapter 8, verse 36 says this, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Amen? How many of you remember the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? How many of you remember that story? Beginning, right? God created man. He created Adam and Eve. There's a whole story there. They were put in charge of the Garden of Eden. They were in charge of governing, naming animals. They were in right relationship with God. There was nothing that would stand between them and the Lord. They were enjoying the presence of God, and then something happened. They made a decision. They made a decision to disobey something that the Lord had told them not to do. And they ate a piece of fruit off of the tree in the garden. And by doing that, they sinned. And then sin entered the world. We're familiar with the story. And then we begin to see throughout Bible the effects of sin and the effects that the fall of mankind had. It wasn't a little deal. It brought bondage. It brought toil. It brought curse. It brought separation from God. It was not a good thing, right? It was not a good thing. It was a big deal. And from the beginning of time, God didn't do that to them. Their choices did that. But I'm so grateful for a God who from the beginning began to put a plan in place to send his own son to begin to provide freedom from the curse freedom from sin, freedom from the fall to bring us back into right relationship with God. 
He put that plan in place by sending his son Jesus to die on a cross and to pay for our sin. Amen. God is so good. Jesus has paid for our sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. There had to be a payment for that sin. Sin left us in bondage. It left us in wrong relationship, out of relationship with God. There had to be a payment. And we can go all the way through the Old Testament and watch the journey of the Israelites. And we can learn so much about the way that they worship and the laws that God laid down. We can understand the cost and what that breaking those laws of God, breaking that sin, we can, we can see a depiction of what that really cost and how to deal with it just by watching their journey. There's so much that we can learn. But now on this side, we have Jesus, which I'm so thankful for. Can I get an amen? amen? So now when we read those scriptures, when we read Ephesians 1, 6, and 7, we hear, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us. Grace, who belonged to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. Praise God. With the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And then to know again, I'm repeating myself, John 8, 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Amen? Jesus is our deliverer. He came to set us free. He paid for it on the cross. And how many of you know that when Jesus did that, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't, he didn't kind of pay for it all. He didn't get most of it. He paid for it completely. Can I get an amen? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. His blood was perfect. It was, it, it was actually an extreme overpayment for our sin. Amen? He paid for all of it, all the sin of humanity, everything that was yet to happen. His blood covered all of it. Praise God. It was an extreme over. He did it so well. It's all covered. The sin, all of it, the bondage, everything that the fall opened us up to, Jesus paid for. He took care of it. He covered it completely. He didn't miss one thing. He didn't think, okay, well, I'll just get you to heaven, but I'm not going to pay for you to have uh, for you to have freedom from depression. And he didn't say, I'm not going to pay for you to have freedom from sickness. And he didn't say, I'm not going to pay for you to have freedom from anger or from insecurity or from bitterness or from offense or from pride. He didn't say, I'm just going to cover this part, but I'm going to give you this part and leave that with you just so you suffer. He didn't do that. He, his blood was perfect and it paid for it all completely. Can I get an amen? God is so good. He paid for it all. Amen. It was an extreme overpayment. Amen. But I don't know about you, I know that God paid for it all, but I don't know if you've seen him, but I've seen people, believers, who Jesus paid for the redemption of their sin. He paid for them to be free from bondage. But I've seen him still walking around in bondage and in chains. 
Have you seen him? Maybe it's you. Why is that? Jesus paid for it, right? Jesus' blood was perfect. It covered it all the way. So why do we still walk in chains? You know, life has a way of us picking things up along the way. Sin has a way of opening doors. You know, I wrote down some things, and I mentioned them not too long ago, things like insecurities, depression, anger, adds bondage. It's a chain on your life. It's something that Jesus paid for freedom over. You can be free from anger. Amen. You don't have to have anger issues. You, God, that is under the blood of Jesus, and you can have victory over that. You don't have to go home and yell at your family. You don't have to go home and, and have bursts of anger and, and, and rage. That doesn't, that doesn't have to be you. That's covered under the blood. Amen. You don't have to live with that. That's something that he paid for. You can overcome that. Amen. Hurt. Did somebody hurt you? Do you know that that may have happened, but you don't have to live with the hurt? God can give you joy and peace, amen, and healing. He binds up the brokenhearted, amen. He brings healing. Bitterness, do you know that bitterness, we hang on to bitterness and offense thinking it's hurting the other person, but in reality, this is what it's doing to us. We're the ones walking around with the chains, not them. You know, God, God provided freedom. His blood covered that so you didn't have to live with the results of that. He'll help you. Amen. Jesus, this is dangerous up here. Okay. Bitterness. Addiction. Jesus paid for, for freedom from addiction of any kind. It's paid for. It's under the blood but sometimes we walk around with it still. Sin, gossip. Some people are addicted to gossip. Jesus paid for that. You don't have to live with that. That's not a normal part of life. It's not something that we're, oh, that's just what we do. We just talk about people. You don't have to live that way. Pride. Jesus paid the price for pride. He paid the price for freedom from religious mindsets and judgmental attitudes, from offense. He paid the price from fear. But yet, sometimes we put up with fear in our life. Bondage, prejudice. He paid the price for that. Having a victim mindset, living in shame, having a critical, critical spirit and judgmental attitude, all these things. You know, it's interesting walking in these chains you looking at me, you think it's obvious. Like they're not attached to anything, right? I'm just hanging on to them. But yet they're inhibiting the way that I can get around the stage. They're inhibiting what I can do. They're inhibiting the way that I can talk to you, right? They're holding me back. They're in the way from me being able to run around and do everything that I was created to be and to do, right? I can't get up and run laps around this sanctuary very easily. These things are going to get in my way and they're going to inhibit me. And the same way that these chains, this physical representation of them, when we choose to continue to live with the things that Christ paid for, they inhibit us as well. They get in the way. My friend, you were not created to live with chains. The chains were not, they've been paid for, they've been taken care of. Look, they're not attached to anything. I'm hanging on to them. 
I'm the one that's hanging on, putting these on me right now. I'm the one that's trying to live a life carrying around this, these chains that are in my way. But Jesus paid for them, just like Pastor Sway was singing about. He said, and we're talking about the name of Jesus. Does the name of Jesus take care of this? Yes. But you know what happens after that? I've got to be the one to let go and to get out of this. His blood is powerful and he's taken care of it. So not only do the chains inhibit you, your chains make a whole heck of a lot of noise. You're not hiding them as, as well as you think you are. The Bible says that you know people by their fruit. And they begin to inhibit your witness. So now you have a responsibility as a child of God to step into freedom and to let go of your chains. Because it's not just about you. They testify on a continual basis. Not only do they inhibit you, not only do they make a lot of noise, but they're also dangerous. And I contemplated preaching heels this morning and decided for flats. Because <laughs> I could just see myself falling down the stage. And mind you, it wouldn't have been the first time I was on the stage preaching and fell down off the stage. So we, I just opted to not do a repeat of that moment in my life. But they're dangerous, they get in the way. You can trip over them, you can fall over them, they can land on you, like if this hit my toe, that would hurt. They're dangerous. They can bring more pain and they can bring more hurt. But again, didn't Jesus pay for this? He did. And isn't what he does, isn't what he do, isn't what he does perfect? His blood was perfect. So now this is what the Lord told me to share today. He paid for freedom from these. So why do we see so many believers just put up with it? Why do we see so many believers? Why do we in our own lives continue to live with these things? How do we appropriate, how do we put in, in force, for lack of a better word, his freedom that he paid for? Well, there's two words, two things two, that the Lord put in my heart to share with you, and I'm going to put these down. As we dive into this, one is to be honest. Be honest. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know where you, how long you've been in the church. I don't know if you're newly saved or if you were born under a pew which would be a little weird, but you know, I mean, okay, sorry about this, guys. My hair is long. It's in the microphone. I don't know how long you've walked with the Lord, but I do know that for multitude of reasons, sometimes whether we just don't realize that what we've been living with has been paid for and we can be free, or if we don't really want to deal with it because we're scared to deal with it, or there's this shame factor that we don't want to, we're embarrassed to deal with it, or maybe it's just easier to put on a facade and declare that we're free and just sweep it under the rug, we think, and not deal with it because there's this image that we have to portray as believers that we're somehow perfect 
And so to admit that we might have some bondage or something that we have to walk out of would mean then that we're flawed in some manner. But can I just tell you that Jesus didn't go to the cross for a perfect image. He went to the cross with you on his mind and with your life on his mind. And that is what he paid for. He paid for your freedom. He didn't pay for your image. And furthermore, he didn't pay for the image of beautiful, perfect buildings and how we come across. He paid for a church. He paid for you, the body of Christ, to live in complete freedom. He saw you whole. He saw you having everything that he intended for you to have. He saw you having right relationship. He saw you not in bondage to insecurities or to fear or to depression or to sickness. He saw those things. That's what he was dying for on the cross. He saw you free, not for a perfect image doesn't bless him when we continue to live a certain way that we've always lived and we continue to walk around in chains. Doesn't, doesn't bring him joy to see his kids chained up trying to live. Would that bless you if your kids were in bondage and you continue to see them, but they're, they're, they're just trucking on, but they're continuing to hang on to chains? That would break your heart as a parent. It doesn't bless him to see you, his kids, continuing to live in bondage for something that he's already paid for. Amen? But we have to be honest. Sometimes we don't know what to do with what we're walking through. Sometimes we're scared to deal with it. Sometimes, like I mentioned before, we have, there's pride or image or religious mindset keeps us from dealing with it. Sometimes, you know, we, we just, have you ever been in a place where you just declare, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, and then you walk out, nothing changes, and you just kind of choose not to deal with it? Sometimes, I don't know what, what that mindset is, but that happens. Sometimes we didn't even realize it was there. Sometimes it's just been comfortable to live with it, or maybe it's been this way for so long we didn't know anything different. But can I tell you that the Bible in John 8, 32, if you're there, if you're in John 8, you can go to verse 32, and it says this, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. My friend, truth exposes, when truth comes into a room, it's not just knowing truth, but what happens when you encounter truth. When you encounter truth, you, truth exposes what is out of alignment. It brings to life what, it, it, you, it brings light, it puts a light, it puts like it puts a spotlight on what needs to be taken care of. So of course, when truth comes in, it may not feel good. It gets a little bit messy because now you begin to see what needs to be dealt with and what is out of alignment. But the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth is what will set you free, not just ignorance. Ignorance doesn't set you free, but encountering the truth of the word of God, of what God says about you, about what God says about your situation, what he says about how you can walk and live, that's where freedom will be found. But you have to be honest. When you encounter truth, you have two decisions to make. You can either begin to step into that truth, see it, begin to appropriate it, begin to go down that journey, begin to believe it, maybe to get the account maybe to get the deliverance, maybe to get whatever it is that you need to say, to, you opened your eyes now, wow, I, I have been bound, I've been allowing this to stay, so now I'm going to walk into that freedom, or you choose to stay put, there's not another option. And the destruction, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, right? And the fruit of that is going to bring destruction. So if you choose now to stay walking in bondage, you can see where that you can, you can begin to predict the outcome. You have a choice. When truth comes, now there's no more ignorance. Now you have a choice. 
That's on us now. Truth solicits a response. Embrace the truth and move forward or choose to stay on the path you're on and accept its consequences. And my friend, just a reminder, you're not as good at hiding as you think you are. Your fruit will or is already showing. It's affecting your life, your influence, and those around you. It is having an effect. Even if you can't see it now, it's sowing seeds towards a future. But is it the future you want to be heading towards? Be honest. Take responsibility about your journey and what's going on. Take responsibility. Be honest. Can I encourage you? Part of taking responsibility and being honest with what we're walking through is to come into a posture of stop blaming others. There's things that we've walked through that, yeah, weren't fair. And people do things that aren't okay. But being honest in order to get free of something that Jesus has already paid for is us accepting responsibility for our part. By blaming others and constantly focusing on that, we're actually keeping ourselves stuck. Take responsibility. Stop blaming others. Quit being defensive. Quit being defensive. My friend, it's not worth it. It's okay. You don't have to prove your point. You don't have to constantly say, but because of this, or I do it because of this. My friend, you're, by being defensive, we're starting to be closed and we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to go at work in our lives. We're pushing back truth and we're making ourselves stay stuck. Listen, why are we defensive? We're defensive because maybe we're embarrassed. Or there's pride there that doesn't want to admit that maybe we've been allowing things to be in our life that shouldn't be there. What do you want more? What do you want more? Can you let the walls come down? You don't have to defend yourself. Jesus sees you. He loves you. He knows the whole story. He's offering the freedom. What, he, he doesn't need to hear the defense. He knows it all. You can come arms wide open. Amen? And there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. Praise God. Sweeping under the rug is not freedom. Again, that's an image. Can I just share this with you? That health is not an image we portray. It is a journey we embark on. It is a journey where we are fully committed to God's way of doing things. It may hurt as we get healthy, but the end result is transformation. You know, in physical health, health is obtained at the deepest cellular level. It's not just an image that we portray. Health is really, if you're asking a medical professional, in, inside out. Amen? Same thing for us. Inside out. Again, Jesus did not die on the cross for an image of health. He was on the cross thinking of you. Amen? So can we be honest with ourselves? Can we be honest if there's areas that we're just letting ourselves walk around in bondage in? We're just hanging on to it, knowing, and we'll sing that Jesus made us free, but yet we still hang on to those chains. Can we be honest? Step number one, let's be honest. We don't have to, who cares about the image? Who cares about looking perfect? None of us are perfect. We've all got stuff. What do we want more? I don't know about you, 
but I want what Jesus paid for far more. That's worth it. So be honest. And the second one is to live courageously. Live courageously. So getting free. One, we got to get honest. We have to get real. We have to be open. We have to identify that. We have to admit that, yeah, there's some things that I need to get free from. There's some things that I need to work on, right? Come to that place. And then we have to live courageously. What do I mean by that? Well, the Bible gives us clear directives. And the the Word of God says the just shall live by faith. So now I'm going to do what God told me to do, and I'm going to walk and live by faith. And it may, my feelings don't get to determine how I'm going to move forward. I'm going to, I'm going to move forward based on what the Word of God says, right? And that, that takes faith. And that, my friends, takes a lot of courage because your, your, your feelings and your flesh is not going to like it. It's not going to like it. But we're going to live courageously. We're going to repent. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says this, so, there now, so no, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Amen? So that means that when I come to the cross and when I come to Jesus and I repent, he doesn't throw back condemnation. It says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So now I don't have an excuse. I can repent. I can own it. I can say, God, yeah, I've been walking around with this. Even if what I've been walking around with, okay. Is it my earring, guys? Okay, you're not seeing this. You didn't see this? You didn't see any of that. Okay, I've got one earring on. It's fine. Okay. Um, Where were we? Repenting and living courageously. Listen, now we come to the cross. Now there's nothing. There's no condemnation. Amen? Jesus doesn't throw condemnation back in your face, amen. Now we can come openly and boldly approach the throne of grace to ask for forgiveness and to own it, to say, yeah, there's been some stuff in my life. And you know what? I'm getting honest and I'm choosing to take responsibility. So as I come to the cross, I'm not pointing my fingers at anybody else. Yeah, there might be other people that have done some things, but you know what, God, this is me and you. So I'm going to repent for my responsibility and I'm going to quit being defensive. I'm going to quit pointing to everything else because I want freedom. I want to live in freedom more than I need to be right in this moment, more than I need to keep pointing fingers in this moment. I'm coming to the cross. I'm not even going to talk about them. I'm going to own my place and my things. Amen? And I'm going to move forward. I'm going to get into a humble place and I'm going to repent. Hallelujah. The second thing after you repent is to begin to stand up against the enemy. Come on. Stand up against the enemy. We have been talking about the fact that Jesus, has, his name works. His blood works. Amen. So now that you've gotten honest and you've repented, now is the time to begin to appropriate and push back on what the enemy keeps trying to put in control of your life. So what does that look like? Keep going back to the word. My goodness, the, what, what does the word of God say about your problem? Does he say that that's under the blood? Does he say that you don't have to, there's no shame or there's no guilt? Does he say that sickness and that you don't have to walk in depression? Does he say that you don't have to live in fear? You don't have to live in insecurity? You don't have to live in doubt that that's not your identity anymore? What does the word of God say? And every time, that's how Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness, didn't he? Didn't he say, what did he say? The word, it's written. He went back to the word of God. That's what we do. We repent and now we begin to go back to the Word of God. The other thing that we do to live courageously is to renew our minds. Begin to change the way we think. If we've been doing one thing for so long, it's going to take some transformation to help us break free. 
Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18, for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. There's a transformation that comes to place. The Bible's full of scripture that talks about renewing our mind. God wants us to renew our mind. He knows that we have to go through a transformation process. I have a friend who says we have to remove our stinking thinking and replace it with God's way of thinking and doing, with what God says. That's a process, and that takes intentionality. That doesn't just happen. That takes intentionality on our part. And we need to build new ways of thinking and doing. Renew our mind and build new ways of thinking and doing. If you go back to the old habits you've had, you'll never walk a new path. So you come, you get honest that you've been gossiping. You get honest that you've had addiction problems. And you come down and you repent. And you begin to stand against the enemy. But you go back into those same situations. You go back to those same patterns. Put yourself in the same place. And then you wonder why you fall right back into the same and begin to pick up the chains that you laid down and got rid of. And you begin to put them back on. But you've got to build some new ways of doing things. You've got to break out of the old way that you lived. You can't go back to doing the same things that you've always done and expect a different result. You've got to change it up, my friend. If there are friendship circles that you've got to break out of, you've got to break out of them. If there's things you need to turn off on the television, you've got to turn them off. If there's things that you need to stop, if, there, if there's, if stop reading or stop listening to, or if there's people around you that keep bringing you back to bitterness and hatred, if there's anger things, if you need to go get yourself around people that are going to speak truth to you and love, if you need to get in church more, if you need to get, uh, go see a, somebody who's going to pray and go through even deliverance with you or begin to count, whatever it is that you need to begin to put new habits, new ways of thinking and doing things so that you don't go back to this because Jesus still paid for it, but I'm still putting myself back in those situations. It's not that Jesus didn't pay for my release. He did, but I'm the one who keeps picking it up and trying to drag it with me through life and it's still going to get in my way. And I could be out doing amazingly good things. I could be out preaching. I could be out loving on people. I could be out feeding the home, homeless, doing whatever it is that God's called me to do, but I'm doing it inhibited. I'm doing it capped. I'm not doing it to my fullest potential. I'm walking around with this, not because Jesus didn't pay for it, but because I'm choosing to hang on to it. And I keep putting myself back in those positions, in those places. Build new ways of thinking and doing. If you go back to old habits, you'll never walk a new path. Galatians 5.1 says this, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Galatians 5.13, I love this. In the New Living Translation, it says this, for you have been called to live in freedom. You've been called to live in freedom. You've been called, you haven't been called to a life of chains. That's not you. You haven't been called to live in that. You've been called to live in a life of freedom. Now, this last part of the message, as I was praying, I couldn't get away from three specific areas of bondage, chains, if you will. It doesn't mean that these are the only three that people are in the, 
are dealing with. And even if it's just for one person, I want to speak to these three areas. I don't know who it's for. It could be for a lot of people, and maybe the Lord just put it on pause for one. But it's three areas that I wanted to touch on. I felt just really strongly in my heart today before we end. And the first one is this. Having a victim mindset. Now here's the deal. When I say victim mindset, most people who that have a victim mindset don't necessarily identify that with that. But let me say it this way. If you say, because of them, I can't do this. Or because of them, or if they wouldn't have done that, my life would be different. Because of the situation, because of the circumstance. And I'm not to belittle what happened in any stretch of the imagination. But let me say this. God's word to you is not dependent on anybody else changing their behavior. God's promises to you are still yes and amen, and your life may have taken a detour, but that doesn't mean that God can't prosper you and that God can't give you blessing and hope in a future. Despite that, his promises are to you. And he's your answer. But if you keep pointing back and God's saying, okay, listen, this is how we're going to get free. This is how we're going to walk out of there. But that we keep pointing, but because of this, because of this person, because this happened to me, I can't do that, then we're hanging on to this. God wants to walk you out of that. He wants to set you free. He wants to, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. He wants you to break out of that. He wants you to find all the things that he paid for. But it's up to us to begin to, to change our mindset. Remember, to be honest, maybe that it's there. And to begin to live courageously to walk out of that. And to let go. And to finally be free. Amen. It's not, even, it's not even your identity. He said that he's made you victorious. He's made you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. When you keep pointing back, but this person, but if they would just get their act together, he didn't say that, that he's made you the head and not the tail, above only not beneath, if that person gets their act together. He said, this is who I've made you. Amen? That's what you have. That's what he's given you. Be honest, take responsibility, and live courageously. Renew your mind. God's promises and his word are not dependent on someone else's actions. Change the way you think and see yourself. And then adopt a saying that we say in Calvary Sisterhood. We say, this is my story, but this is who I am. That may be my story, That may be my journey. That may be what I've walked through. But this is who I am. This is how I'm moving forward. Amen? Amen. The second one is this. Shame. Shame. I don't know, again, who you are. I don't know what you did, didn't do, what you walked through. I don't know the shame that you carry around. But I can tell you that by hanging on to shame, you're never going to hang on to enough shame to pay penance for what you did. And Jesus already paid for it anyway. He paid for it. 
So he wants you to let it go. He wants you to live in freedom. He doesn't want you to continue to live in shame. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes that's a hard one to, to be honest or to let go of the chains of because we feel like we don't deserve it. You're right, we don't deserve it. None of us ever deserve it. We couldn't ever deserve what Jesus did for us. No one in this room can deserve that. But, but Pastor Maria, you don't know, but, 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 you're right, I don't know everything, but I can tell you that you, you, none of us could earn it. None of us could earn the love of Jesus or his forgiveness, but he gave it to us freely anyway, to every single one of us. And you're not, like, you're not exempt from that. But it does take us being honest that that's where we've lived. Sometimes it's scary to let go of that because it's comfort. That's like our protection. That's our defense mechanism. That's what we've held on to for so long. It takes us being honest and then living courageously to begin to renew our mind and to take the first step to begin to say, I'm a child of God and his favor surrounds me as a shield. He loves me and he goes before me. And he has plans for me. And he wants to use me. And I'm anointed. And to begin to declare that over your life and then begin to step out regardless of how you feel and trust his word, which is how we walk by faith anyway, no matter how you feel. That's faith. Amen. Live courageously, renew your mind, receive forgiveness and stop being ashamed. You could never pay enough prices for what you did and begin to walk in freedom. And the last one is this. Freedom. Look, I'm going to pick up the chains again. Freedom. Freedom from a judgmental and critical attitude. Can I tell you, I've been here. I've lived with this one. And it's exhausting. Having to judge everybody and to be critical of them and to see all the flaws and areas that they can improve just gets really, really old and overwhelming. It's not fun. Having to be everybody's judge and jury gets old. It steals your joy. You begin to be bitter and cynical. That's not a spiritual gift. You might be discerning, but if you find yourself crossing over to being bitter, cynical, grumpy, those spiritual giftings are there for you to love, to lift up, to bring freedom, to bring restoration, to encourage, to speak life, to pray for, to see the good. When you can see something about somebody, man, and when the Holy Spirit's at work, you begin to look right in and you begin to see the beauty that's on the inside of them, what God has fallen in love with those people about. And you begin to say, man, I love that. And then you begin to pray for them. You begin to come around them. You begin to encourage them. You begin to say, hey, you know, you bring them alongside of you, man. There's, it's a different, and there's a joy in that. But, when, but by the time, when you live in that place where all you can see is this negativity. You know, Jesus paid for that too. He paid for you to live away from that freedom so that you can love and walk in all the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? This this is exhausting. But this is also a trap the enemy tries to keep the body of Christ in. 
Because this steals. This steals from us as a church. It steals how far we can go. It steals the love. It steals the unity. It steals so many things. And we're the ones walking around with bondage, pointing at everybody else's bondage. But it inhibits us. And it makes a lot of noise. And it's dangerous. See how I did that? It gets in the way. So we have to be honest. That one takes, it's difficult because there's usually pride involved. So being honest that we deal with that is not the easiest thing. But what do you want more, my friend? What do you want more? Do you want to walk in freedom? Do you want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you? Do you want to walk around hanging on to the chains? What do you want more? Amen? It's exhausting judging and focusing on what everyone else should be doing or could be doing better. Be honest and then begin to live courageously. Oftentimes that's religious and prideful spirits live, that live in there. Live courageously, transform your thinking. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see others through love and the way God sees them. Amen? Amen. Christ has made us free. Praise God for that. There is freedom. And then he comes along and he walks with us to walk that out. But we have to be honest. We encounter the truth. The word says that you should know the truth and the truth makes you free. Remember, now we have a couple of options to make. We get to choose which way are we going to go. Are we going to be honest and live courageously? Or are we going to continue down this path that we're currently going? I don't know about you. But man, if I close my eyes, some of you, I know the Holy Spirit deals with all of us in these moments. If you were to close your eyes, and you can do that at your seat. You can close your eyes if you want. If the Holy Spirit pointing out an area or two or like all of us, multiple, right? You close your eyes and you ask yourself, what would be different in my life if I chose to live free? What would be different? What would life look like? What would change? That's exciting. Amen? That's exciting. Let's go ahead and stand. <laughs> they are dangerous. Tripping over them. I'm going to go ahead and pray for you and pray this into your life. And just ask the Holy Spirit to continue to minister to us. We've got the tools, amen? He's paid for our freedom. We're just going to pray, and then we're going to give you an opportunity. If you've not yet given your life to the Lord, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this beautiful group of individuals. Lord, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for your freedom that you've paid for us. God, I thank you that you have spoken freedom over us. God, and we are free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you that your blood paid for it perfectly. You didn't miss one thing. 
And Father, I thank you for messages like this because they're opportunities for us to begin to see, for us to open our eyes to see why maybe some of those things have stayed there, why we've continued to live a certain way. But Lord, you don't show us things to condemn us and you don't show us things to keep us stuck. God, you show us things to bring us up and to help us find freedom and help us succeed and help us walk in the love and the blessing, God, the favor, the grace that you've given us. God, it's exciting to be your kids because you care about us. You don't just care about heaven. That's huge. But God, you care about us here and now. God, it's exciting. God, thank you for these moments like this, God, that you don't let us stay stuck. Thank you for bringing freedom. Thank you for opening our eyes. God, thank you for letting us get to the place where we don't live in bondage and we don't live in chains. God, thank you for moments like this because they're exciting. It means that we're your favorite kids because you love us enough to bring us into alignment and to show us how to walk out of these things. I thank you for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are ever present and you are right there and you are our helper. You are our standby. You are our confident God. You are right there. Holy Spirit, you are there to walk with us and we don't do it in our own understanding, God, and in our own strength. We rely on you, the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the fruits of the Spirit, God, that you've given us. God, that we get to tap into as well with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. We receive it. God, I thank you that this is a victorious church. God, we don't stay stuck. We see, God, what you've provided for us. God, and we rise to the occasion. God, and we step up. God, we grow. We move into all that you have for us. It's not the same as it used to be, but God, we are moving forward. God, this is a church that sees and, and appropriates and dives into your word and, and begins to live out what you have declared over us. That is who we are. I thank you for that, Father. We receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.